Russell Wilson calls the police when he sees an expired parking meter. Uh, Russell Wilson wears a condom for a blowjob. Russell Wilson says, says, hot diggity dog. Uh, Russell Wilson gets buzzed off one wine cooler. You, what's good? It's your boy, South Breeze 706, WAP a lot, WAP a lot records executive. This is KTSCF. Blah, blah, blah. Podcast. Uh, we're double-gated community like life culture, music, racism, sports, anime, amongst other things. But as always, thanks for support. Nigga, well, do no type of anime. Stop that! I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching Assassination Classroom right now. That shit is lit. Shout out to Koro Sensei. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever you do. So we have our all the hosts, uh, Mr. R&B Thug, who came into the podcast, bumping R. Kelly for some strange reason. Uh, El Chapa, uh, looking like she needs a little bit of sleep, and Marcus Sniffle, <laughs> aka uh, Mascon. What's, what's good, y'all? Man, I'm on my Herman Cain shit right now. Oh, God. Oh, oh my. So, you know what? I forgot to talk about that. So, I didn't put that on the list, but yo, how how devious do you have to be as the Republican Party to be getting these tweets off from a dead man's account? Oh, my God. Like, let's, let's start with that. Like, yo, if what I die. If I die, white people, if I die, you got the the, the code of my password on my page, please don't be out here campaigning for people that got me killed, bro. Like, y'all need to be posting, like, twerk videos from my page, maybe some Bible verses, some cooking recipes, and don't be out here talking about the Kane gang. Bible and twerking, even it out, even it out, yeah. Look, twerking, when I say twerking, I mean in the biblical sense of getting a, a lower body, a core workout, flexibility training. There's nothing unwholesome about that. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's very tasteless to come from them. But, I mean, you see the man's is, so that, that doesn't shock you one bit. But, anywho, uh, how's y'all's week been going? It's going. The week has been going great. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Melanin. I don't know if you guys can see that or not, uh, as I seem to be fading out of the picture. Uh, this has really brought the shine to my beard. Like, I know y'all seen, like, my routine while, you know, we were prepping. And, you know, my beard, since I started using this, it, just gotten so long, so shiny. It's like the old school soul glow almost. So, uh, and it is black owned. Why is it a p- piano behind me? What the hell's going on? This is some weird stuff. But yeah, go ahead and cop uh, the melanin. As well as the main choice, you know what I'm saying? Holla at your boy, uh, black-owned companies. Uh, but yeah, everything's good. How's everything going your way, Marcus? Hey, man. Just over here feeding for some Waffle House because people will not wear their masks. People will not social distance. So, like, you know, COVID is still out here. So I still can't go to Waffle House and I'm dying. This is ridiculous. It's mm. the ghetto out here. It's mm. terrible. I was just in Florida, too. Not by choice. I had to go for like Terrible a quick idea. turnaround. And I stood inside, but for the little bit that I was outside, people were really out there like nothing. Talking about plans and, oh, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, Johnny. And I'm like, that's not a pandemic. Every, everything you hear about Florida is true. Everything. <laughs> no matter how wild and crazy it is, everything you hear about Florida is true. True. 
Okay, are y'all seeing this piano that keeps coming in my background? Like, what? Bro, I don't know. Bro, like, what is going on? You're like a third dimension or something, man. It's like they're trying oh. to take over. Yeah, like, bro, yo, what the hell? <laughs> There's no piano in my background. I'm live and direct like direct effects. You know how I do. Oh, okay. So let's let's start out with uh, your man's uh, Ari Graham. I've, there's a lot of capping on the timeline per usual when he drops some mid. Yeah. A lot of the Aubrey's Angels come out of here talking about Drake is the greatest artist of all time. This is the greatest song of all time. Drake can't miss the usual rhetoric. But like, I can't I can't figure out with Drake if is is he so good that anything he puts out is just kind of normal and doesn't wow people. Or do his fans and a lot of his supporters just have very low expectations? So I did run Laugh Now, Cry Later. I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't anything that like I was excited about. It's just like, oh, look, Drake dropped another song that nobody's going to talk about in a week. And I think for one of the top artists in the game or for somebody that you, you would consider to be like the MJ of his generation, like I think Fat Joe said, I feel like when you put out a song there should be more excitement about it outside of his, his stand base. Cause the stands are going to be excited regardless of what he does. But for, you know, me, who's a little more in the casual listener, like shoot, when, when he drops the song, it should be like, yo, this shit is hot. This shit is popping. It shouldn't be like, Hey, it's, this is the greatest song of all time. And then the people like myself have to go balance the time on and be like, all right, y'all relax. It ain't all that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's the, the MJ of our generation. And I don't even know if that means that's necessarily a good thing. But I mean, what are y'all's thoughts on this topic? Uh, I, I agree with the whole uh, this song didn't really move the needle for me. I would uh, like to hear the song within the album, though, kind of like with the J. Cole's last two singles. I'd like to hear what it sounds like between, you know, other songs because, uh, I felt like Tusi Slide sounded better on the actual uh, mixtape or whatever it is that he's calling it. Uh, I mean, the song was fine. It's not great. I felt like the video is going to elevate it to a place that it's actually not. Like, God's Plan wasn't that great of a song, but the video was so, like, powerful that people really... Like, the video did crazy numbers, but and that kind of in tune helped the song become bigger, but the song itself wasn't that great. But, I mean... As far as Drake being the MJ of our generation, I don't see how that's not the case. At least when you look at his whole career in its entirety, I think it's. I think he has a case for it. There's a case for him being that. Um, MJ's never been booed off stage, but uh, Mr. Savage, what do you think? Okay, as far as being booed off stage, that was a bunch of haters and obviously a bunch of weirdos with. Uh, Tyler Creator. Sorry, that threw me off. Um, as far as the song Laugh Now, Cry Later, I think it's a great song. It's a great video. Uh, it introduced uh, the mainstream media to Lil Durk. Uh, he had a fire verse on there. Uh, I like the vibe of it. The video definitely outshines the audio portion of it. Uh, definitely, I agree with that. But it's, it's a great song, and you know, I do agree with Marcus in a sense because at first I really didn't care for Tootsie Slide, but when you hear it in the context of, of like the mixtape, it actually does sound pretty good. Um, and as far as being the MJ of our time, I mean, everything this guy touches, 
whether it's a specific artist, uh, whether it's a clothing brand, uh, whatever he does is just fire. Like he basically should be attributed with saving the Jordan brand because before the OVO Jordans came, the kids were wearing bands. Like they had kind of stopped messing with Jordans and were a lot more accessible. Uh, and when Drake touched it, you know, it was fire. Like those OVO Drakes are hot, you know. Uh, people are getting owl tattoos now because of Drake. Uh, you know, they're doing the dances because of Drake. They're biting his swag. Like I said, anything that God touches is just gold. Like he has the Midas touch. So I fucks with Drake. I like this new song. Uh, I know personally that you like Drake as well. We've, you know, discussed Drake at length in private conversations. Uh, I know you prefer rapping Drake, but I mean, he, he just can do no wrong at this point. Oh, uh, he, he definitely can do wrong. Like everybody can do wrong. Oh. I still, I still think Tusi Slide yeah. is the best song he's put out this year. Like I don't think any of those. It, or, or let me rephrase that. It's the Chicago best freestyle. Thing. The best single, not nah. well. Nah, no, Tusi Slide. I still think Tusi Slide is the best song he's put out. It's the best single. I'd agree. It's the most catchy, and I think he has the numbers to to support the whole MJ comparison. He has the numbers. How many times has he not broke broken records and surpassed people like Madonna? People, I think he surpassed MJ, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, the Beatles and all these other great artists. So I think he has a number to support it. Beatles don't even slap, though. But um, <clears throat> side the, only, the only thing he doesn't have is uh, like Grammys. Like he's 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 lacking severely in that category. But when we talk about for this era, streams and billboards. Yeah. Uh, album sales, uh, popularity, uh, impact, all that. When we when you talk about his entire career, he he is on Michael Jackson's level. Like I'm, I like he sells. He does better numbers than Beyonce. I'm pretty sure. Beyonce obviously gets more accolades as far as uh, Grammys, and even she doesn't really get that many. But I'm pretty sure Drake does better numbers than Beyonce. We well, you said also. That. He, he that's also big, is like that's the big one that you just said. That was the big one. He's also he's also he's also he's also lacking a classic album, which a lot of these Drake stands will come and argue. I'm like, yo, like I don't I hate I hate bringing that up because like I don't even feel like having the argument because then I'm forced to be like, hey, you know what? Let me go listen to this album to see if I missed something. And I get a quarter of the way through it. I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like this shit is not this ain't it, man. Like I I don't know. I feel like he has classics for like Where the Simps, like the Simps on the TL, but like I just can't, I, I can't rock with that shit. Real quick side note, Russell Wilson is trending on Twitter and they are roasting the hell out of this dude. And I don't know why, but uh -oh. it's, it's it's hilarious. What happened? I don't know, but one you of the jokes said, Ru Russell Wilson calls the police when he sees an expired parking meter. Uh, Russell Wilson wears a condom for a blowjob. <laughs> Russell, Wilson says, Russell Wilson says hot diggity dog. Uh, Russell Wilson gets buzzed off one wine cooler. Uh, Russell Wilson goes to weak side with orders boneless wings. Oof. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Russell Wilson asks his wife to hold his purse when his jag comes off. <laughs> oh, Russell no. Wilson is always a little spoon cuddling with his wife. Russell Wilson has a Jimmy Garoppolo jersey. Um, yeah, I don't know where this came from, but this is 
This is hilarious. Russell Wilson covers his own eyes during sex scenes in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson still has a landline. Like, dog, what did he do? I'm Russell so confused. There's drinking coffee, living on the edge. Uh, Russell Wilson tells his waiter, bring a Corona, but hold the virus, and proceeds to chuckle when at a restaurant. <laughs> He's definitely... Bro, what did he? Somebody find out when Russell Wilson cries after sex. Russell Wilson says, "Dang, nabbit!" Like, bro, what did Ooh, he, he do? Says somebody off. <laughs> Yo, dang, <laughs> what did he do? Anyways, we've been derailed, but yeah, I'm no lie. I'm always here for the Russell Wilson slander, but with the with the whole Drake thing, I hate the conversation of him having a quote unquote classic albums. Like, you can't deny the influence that he's had on the game, but you can do that and still not have a classic. Like, people always say, uh, what's that album? Thank Me Later is a classic. And I can't, I can't do it, man. It's like a simping classic if you broke up with your girlfriend. But, like, is everybody in this era that that sad? Like, he's got to be the most depressed, sad, simping, successful person I've ever, ever I, seen. I've never heard people say Thank Me Later. Usually it's uh, Take Care. Take no, Care. It's, 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 it's nothing was the same in Take Care. Someone actually told me that Views was a classic, and I almost threw up in my mouth. I was like, no, you no way Views is a classic. Views is when it took a turn for me. <sighs> yeah. I thought Gone was really good for the time, but that's a mixtape. Yeah. Yeah. What's it Thank Me Later? Thank Me Later, is that the one with the terrible back that ass up sample? No, that's Take Care. Yeah, that's Take Care. Okay, yeah, someone said the take care. Is a classic. Yeah, the homie uh, PJ from Reduced Lunch said that, and the homie Freddie Brick said he would take care of him on the podcast. Apparently, the other dude in that podcast, uh, the big jalapeno, Dedrick Hicks, he is a uh, he is in the Aubrey's Angels. Uh, he was tweeting out about Drake, and I was like, "Bruh, it's it's not that. It's it's literally it, it's not that." Aubrey's Angels. Yeah, Aubrey's Angels out here, six 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 gang, but like. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? He said, "Okay, this is the the tweet that kind of got me uh got me talking about this." He said, "Drake on a hove run." When we gonna talk about it? And I said, "A hove run of singing, simping, and not dropping a classic album, crazy." And he said, "That's wild commentary. Two classes in his bag, maybe three. So let's 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 dissect this real quick. This man with his chest out, representing Duval County." Said that Drake has two classics in his bag, maybe three. Let's 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 parse this up because now I'm confused. So you obsessing, you're not confused, you're obsessing. We literally I'm, have the same conversation about Drake every other week. Not really. I mean, but when he drops some mid and people say he's got a classic, I need to make sure that I am not missing something. I need to make sure that I'm in tune with the streets you're talking about. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that that's uh it's fair to do that because like sometimes you got to go back and re-listen to some things like i went back and i re-listened to some drake i went back and i re-listened to some logic i went back and re-listened to some j cole because we were talking about j cole too having classics and i was just like i mean that some of his albums are not that old and they're not aging that well so it's just like uh you know it's because like you you think about it like if someone was to say like hey Equimini. I haven't listened to Equimini in a long time, at least like probably like two years. But I think it's a classic regardless. But if if there is a possibility that I could listen to it now and it might not hold up. So whenever those conversations come up, it is good to go back and listen to it and say like, 
am I basing this off of nostalgia or am I basing it off of the landscape of music now? Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. That's a fair argument, but... And we'll do the same I, thing when Kendrick drops, too. Like, when Kendrick drops his album, we'll be like, well, let me go back and listen to Good Kid in that City, see if that still holds up. Fair enough. But, I mean, to me, and, I've, and this has been my main point with Drake, I think the closest he's had to a classic was the first five tracks. If you're reading this, you're too late, but he also categorized that as a playlist or mixtape. So that still doesn't even count. So, but I mean, shout out to him for having such a, a very loyal fan base. Cause I honestly want more from them. I think that they're very, everybody does. If you're a fan, cause it's some people that'll tell you that, Future is like the best rapper of all time. So well, those people are stupid. So I don't. They're, they're clearly using. They're clearly using Percocets, whatever they're doing. But I mean, I guess his next album is supposed to be called Certified Lover Boy. So yeah, man. I, I, I mean, it, 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 and if he just goes all in in that area. Like, if he just goes straight in, like, I'm just doing straight R&B, I'm doing crooning, I'm doing harmonizing, I'm doing all that. If he just does an album of just that, then I think he could, it could it could possibly be on par with, like, 808s and Heartbreak. It could be that, but he has to go all the way in, and he has to, my, my issue with Drake has always been, I don't feel like he's being vulnerable enough when it comes to his simping. Like, he's, he's complaining about a girl he met two weeks ago that was on Instagram talking about she needs someone to fly her out and he flew her out and took her shopping and now she doesn't want to take him seriously anymore. Like those are the types of women that he's crying over. Whereas someone like Kanye West is talking about true deep love and real feelings and emotions with women that he's built something with. Even Jay-Z is doing stuff like that. Wale does stuff like that. J. Cole, not so much. Kendrick, not so much, but He's, he's got it. He hasn't gotten... been in like a real relationship that we know of, you know. Well, he's never been in a shootout either, but he raps about it. That's that's a fair argument. Okay, so I, I got his I got his album I got his albums pulled up. So we can all agree. Thank thank me later. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Correct. I gave that album away when it came out. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh, okay, so we can go. We can go know with that one. Nothing was the same. How do y'all feel about that? I would say yes. If you, you skipped over, take care. Yeah, you did. I did. did. Oh shit, that's crazy. You did. All right, take care. It's just this just not in order. I'm sorry. Take no. care. Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, nothing was the same. I say yes. Classic, no, but I think it, I think it's really close. My thing is, I'm not sure he has. Eh. Yeah, he he probably has the best verse on that album. But Big Sean came pretty hard at the end. Like you can't end your album on a Big Sean verse, like where he's rapping his ass off. Yeah. Like I didn't. He was really... doing Big Sean's verse in the. I went to that concert. He was doing Big Sean's verse in the concert because he knew that's how good it was that he couldn't not do it. Well, I guess this this could be a poll question. Can you have a classic album if you don't have the best verse on your album? Okay, make make it make a note of that. All right. So after that, I don't remember nothing was the same for some reason. I'm trying to go back and look. 
All right, so nothing was oh, stained. Tuscan, Tuscan leather was on that one. Furthest yeah. thing started from the bottom. From the bottom. Forever. I Own it. I did enjoy worst behavior from time. Hold on, we're going home. Connect the language 305 to my city. Yeah, y'all have to go back over, but I know what it is now. I just forgot about that one. I apologize. Jeez. All right. All right. So after that, we go to. <laughs> Damn, what is next? If you're reading this, you're too late. Or what a so time. After, after Take Care, it's nothing was the same, and then it's views. No, it's if you're reading this, it's too late. Not an album. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't okay. Count. That's a we can all we can all we can all agree that views views is extremely disappointing. It's extremely but, too but, long too. But the view views the singles on it are really good. Like godlike, godlike, and dance, uh, and hotline. Hot and well, the, the, the the album the original version. version. Yeah, yeah, the original yeah. version is good. But I mean, hotline bling, controller, and one like if certified lover boy was. Like controller, one dance, hotline bling, stuff like that. I'm here for that. I, yeah. I, I'll sit down and vibe to that. But then you got like he had a song. He has a song with Future, Rihanna, and Party Next Door, and those songs did nothing. Like Drake and Rihanna have a song together and it did nothing. Drake and Future have a song together and it did nothing on this album. That's that's an issue. Those songs yeah. are forgettable. Didn't Steve say that uh, "What a Time to Be Alive" was better than uh, what he said? Whatever he said, "What a Time to Be Alive." Like I ran that back a little while ago, and again, honestly, I think it was a lot of hype off the album cover and then just the two rappers. But the best songs in that album or that mixtape were the songs each individual did by themselves. The last two songs, "Jersey" and "30 for 30 Freestyle." The rest of it, it. It doesn't really. It's a lot. It's just a lot of. It's, it's a lot of good singles. It's just a. It's just a bunch of good singles. Like as an album, it doesn't really flow together. Like you could put that album on shuffle minus the two songs at the end where they're both individually doing their own thing, but as an album, you put that thing on shuffle. It like it doesn't matter. Whatever they're just singles that you could play on the radio. Every every one of those songs could have been played on the radio. All right. So Scorpion, we can say nope. I thought it was pretty good, but it's kind of long. It was it was too long. Just kind of Tw- rambling all over the place. Twenty five tracks. Yeah, I never yeah. finished it. Wow! <laughs> Breaking news: El Chapa has not finished Scorpion. Like the crazy thing about that is, like I finished that Chris Brown like forty seven album track. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Drake uh-huh. is like. Arguably one of the biggest artists in the world. There's people who wouldn't finish it. That's crazy. And then the other one is not an album, correct? Is Demo Lane, Dark Lane, Demo Tape, is that an album or a mixtape? Because a lot of those songs weren't even like completely finished. So it's just just, uh, just a bunch of songs. Okay. So I think think he's going to put Tusi Slide on this next album, though. I think he puts it on there. Okay. You have to you have to roll that over, man. You can't leave that yeah. alone. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> as a collective KTSEF, we do not believe, and we still do not believe Drake has a classic in the tuck. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. Can't take I'd love to talk about it. 
Yeah, Steve, I, you're welcome to the podcast. Yeah, and I will say for me, I, I'm super, like, picky about what's a classic album. Like, I'm not just calling everything a classic. I'm not, you know, the, the minute it comes out, I listen to it one time while on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, that's a classic. I'm not doing that. And everybody's just so quick to say that people got classics. It's just like you're devaluing the meaning of what a classic album is if you do that. If you're going around saying Drake has three classic albums and Jay-Z might have three classic albums, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it's not the same. Like, you got to look at what albums are considered classic and the music that stands the test of time. It's like I'm a J. Cole fan. I love J. Cole. J. Cole at a time was my favorite rapper. But he doesn't have a classic album. That doesn't mean I hate him. That doesn't mean I think he's a bad rap. I still think he's a great rapper. Yeah. But his albums just aren't on that level. Like I, I, can't, I can't put. I'm not putting any of his albums next to American Gangster. Uh, this Savage is the one I'd probably give it to, but you know. I listened to that two days ago, and I was just like, "This ain't it, man. It's all right." All right. So. Yeah, classic. <laughs> so, I think people so, are misusing the term classic with a good album or an album that they really like. Exactly. I think when you say classic, you can't just throw that out after an album just came out. You have to you have to wait. You have to see how it ages. And that's where I think some people are getting confused. Like I, like, I know we're talking about, we, I feel like we talked about Reduce Launch a lot, but I remember Freddie Brooks was like, when that Nas album came out that was produced by Kanye, he said it was a classic that day. Like the day it came out, he was like, "This is a classic album." I'm like, "What?" He did the same thing have, with the Jay Electronica album too. Yeah, I I have listed that Nas. I forgot that project came out until you just said that, which is very sad. And yeah, shout out to all the uh, our uh, what are what did, what he said what what did Kendrick say? Shout out all our Israelites who were lying about the <laughs> that that album by uh, Jay Electronica, who was like. 47 years old or something like that. That dude was old as hell. I was very confused when they was on the top <laughs> rappers over 40. I was like, yo, he's like 48 years old, dropping your debut. God bless, beloved. But yeah, that wasn't that, even the best album dropped that day. Like there was probably like two or three other albums better that dropped that day. Yeah, and I mean Freddie also said that Matt Ryan was a broke man's Blake Bortles, so you can't take Yikes. too many things he says, but check out his album, it's really great. It actually but, is good. It is good. Uh, a smooth transition uh, to overrating things and uh, confusing things. Uh, Marcus tweeted out, what's the most overrated uh, moment in hip hop history or rap history? Uh, three options were how great the love below was J Cole going plat without any features, uh, dismissing Drake's pen over a reference track that was written by somebody else. Uh, the answer I went with, as we were talking about J Cole was J Cole going platinum without a feature because he's J Cole. Like he has a Stan hood. He signed to Jay-Z. That doesn't impress me. And that goes into the same vein of overrating or devaluing classics. So now anybody that goes platinum without a feature should be a big deal if J. Cole is a big deal. So I, I guarantee there's at least shit, any of the top any of the top artists with stand bases can go platinum without any features. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if Drake goes platinum with no features, are we devaluing the fact that J. Cole did it? If Kendrick does it, are we devaluing the fact that J. Cole did it? If Jay-Z does it at 65 years old, are we devaluing the fact that J. Cole did it? That's why I think that it's an overrated stat. It's just like, it's cool, but I think it's just one of those things that somebody said, and it sounded cool, so now it's like, oh, J. Cole would plan with no features. Okay. And? 
Nah, I, I don't. I don't think it's. It, it really it really depends on the artist that does it. Like, because J Cole was coming off of two albums that were pretty popular. Like, Born Center was Grammy nominated. He has albums with Drake, Kendrick. Like, albums with features from Drake, Kendrick, Trey Songs, Jay Z. And like you said, he signed to Rock Nation. Like he's not some small time independent artist. So J. Cole going platinum without features, not a big deal. Now, if like YBN Cordae went platinum with no features, or like Denzel Curry went platinum with no features, or Vince Staples goes platinum with no features, that's a big deal for them because they're not as big an artist. J. Cole is a huge deal. J. Cole isn't some, you know, he's not Rhapsody. If Rhapsody goes platinum with no features, that's a huge deal. We're gonna that's that should uh, elevate her to a whole nother level. But for J. Cole, if he's as great as y'all claim he is, going platinum with no features isn't a big deal. It's not. Agreed there. Uh mine just I'm kind of changing my answer from earlier, but I, I kind of believe it was the love below, like during the time I think that it got a lot of hype because it was so different. But it's, I don't know, it, it's not all that. I mean, it, it, and as I got older, I did realize from a rapping perspective, Speaker Box was a superior album. I, I do applaud Andre 3000 for taking that chance because that did lead, without him taking that chance, I feel like you may not have a Drake being as successful or a Kanye West taking some of the chances that he does. So it definitely set the bar high for people to take chances. Not saying he's the only one that ever took a chance, but I do think that people overrate that and overrate him in their top five. We've had that discussion before. I mean, it just kind of is what he is. It's like, how can you be a top five? And I always speak of solo artists and you don't have a solo album. So that's just my thought. I think the Andre 3000, uh, Love Below being the greatest thing ever is a bit overrated. And 808s and Heartbreak is better than the Love Below. Just my opinion. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. But yeah, that's... That's because you're, uh, you know, but yeah. Nah, see, we're not going to do that. I already showed you what my, my playlist looked like. There was like one Kanye West song in there. Like, Mr. Savage tries to paint me out to be this Kanye West stan account. Like, if you go through the music I listen to, I'll tweet it out. Um, because you are. I remember you yeah. running around yeah. talking about your concert tickets. Okay, blah, 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 first blah. of all, that was like six years ago. No. That's about, that's about six years ago. Five, five or six years ago. But <clears throat> according to what I actually listen to, like on title, like Kanye West is at like the very bottom. My, my playlist is really a lot of Prince, Anderson Pack. And like random Ghostface Killer songs, like that's pretty much how I'm living right now. I'm bugging it, but but no, nah, we're we're not gonna do that. But yeah, there, there's a lot of things that people overrate in hip hop. It's just one of those things. Um, and I would like to say, I've said on this podcast, and I feel extremely slanderous about this, and I, I would like to repent now on this on this uh, podcast for the people um, that I used to say like, "Yo, who is out here buying Missy Elliott albums?" Because anybody I know that I will ask, I'm like, yo, like she has mad numbers, mad stats, but like I could never, I never knew anybody in my inner circle that purchased a Missy Elliott album. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast before, I like to go through people's discographies because a lot of people complain about the music today sucks. 
but like streaming gives you the opportunity to literally listen to like almost every album that's ever come out. So you can definitely go back and run stuff back that you might not have taken seriously or listened to. And boy, oh boy, I listened to Super Duper Fly. Uh, shit, probably for the first time in my life, to be honest, like if we're keeping it a buck. And I was instantly, instantly impressed on what I heard from uh, the camp of Missy Elliott and Timberland. And I'm not a huge Timberland fan, to be honest. Like, he's not my favorite producer. But Super Duper Fly should be spoken about when we talk about classic albums. She should be spoken about when we talk about these male artists. That album is flawless. That album is excellent. And I almost had a hot take at the years when it lined up. Because uh, I asked Marcus in the group chat, when did uh, Reasonable Doubt come out? And boy, oh boy, if they came out the same year, give me Super Duper Fly. 10, 10 out of 10 times. That album, wow. is, that album is greatness. Like, the first two people you hear in the album is Busta Rhymes and Lil' Kim. So again, that right there tells me that, hey, you got heavy hitters out here co-signing you before we even hear you say anything. So if you haven't listened to Super Duper Fly, definitely check it out. You know, you won't be disappointed. If you think it's trash and my opinion is crazy, let me know. Because then I'll just block you because I know your ears don't function. Like Timberland's production back in 1997 sounds like it could be played today. Like it was it was it seems very ageless on that album. And I was very impressed. I'm like, damn, these drums are hella good. Like this is crazy. So definitely go back and check that out. Um <clears throat> And to kind of tie that in, we talked about last week about supporting women artists. I personally think that with these new artists coming out, uh, like Flo Millie, shout out to her, she just recently signed a deal. I think that they should take the approach of Missy Elliott to have a blueprint for sustained success, right? So the first piece of success is having a great producer, like a Timberland, or somebody that's hungry, somebody's going to put in the work. And then get cosigns from other big artists. Like her first albums, you got Buster Ron, Little Kim, The Brat, uh, Magoo, 702, uh, Genuine, Aaliyah, even though most of those people are in her camp. But not only are you getting other big names to grab attention, but you're hanging with those big names like you're one of them. So that also goes to the part that you actually have to put in the work and have the skill. Because honestly, I think for a lot of these new artists and rappers, they don't really necessarily care about the craft just more or less putting out something catchy to go viral and get paid. Cause like a lot of these songs are like, all right, bro. Like a lot of these songs nowadays be like two and a half minutes. It'd be like one or two verses and the song's over. Like, I don't really think they're really focused on their craft like they were back in the day. So I would like to see these young artists getting support from other women artists and other male artists with big names to create that buzz, but then actually put in the work and have the skill. So when you get on those tracks with these artists, you're not looking crazy. You know I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned about uh, working on the craft and actually taking it seriously and like wanting to put in the work because when you what you were describing as far as like blueprint wise and like having big cosigns and you know elite features or whatnot you were talking about Chance the Rapper because that's what he did on his debut album he had John Legend uh, the Baby uh, Ari Lennox. Uh, I believe you had Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion, Gucci Mane, and Lil Dirt on his uh, debut album, and it was trash. But like you said, you added in, <laughs> <laughs> you added in being like you know, uh, 
you know, taking your, your craft seriously. I, I'm not saying he doesn't take his craft seriously, but you can have all the back, like he has the backing, he has all the backing in the world when it comes to like, you know, the battery or whatnot. And he had a lot of big name features on his album, but if Chance Rapper announces that he's dropping another album, that's not like, that's not going to move the needle for a lot of people now. I, I would just like to say it's a couple things I wanted to kind of piggyback on. Um, first, as far as Missy Elliott, Super Duper Fly, and just her entire discography, um, it's going to be hard for anybody to replicate some of the things that she did. First of all, to be able to hook up with, at the time, probably top three hottest producers in the game and have that backing, uh, have that camp around her with, you know, them. I mean, they had the Jodeci Blueprint, who's, of course, was worked with uh, Puff Daddy or P. Diddy at the time. Uh, who got her with Aaliyah that was working with so-and-so. So, And they had Genuine, and they had Tim and Magoo, and they had Fire Beats. That's going to be a rare thing where, you know, she still had to have the skill, but it was right place, right time, and she blew up. Another thing is Aaliyah can actually – I mean, damn, I'm sorry. Missy Elliott can actually rap, and she sings really good. Yes. Her, her hooks and stuff like that are on point. The only thing, because I remember when you said that with the um, who's really buying Missy Elliott CDs. I mean, of course, when she was hot, we were really young. No, I didn't. I had, I had the Timberland Magoo album. I heard all the songs that were off of Super Duper Fly, but I just now went back and listened to it, and it was actually a joy to listen to. Like I was like, wow, this stuff. Like Sometimes when I listen to like the old Cash Money stuff, or uh, the Lil John and the East Side Boys, or some of those older tracks, it sounds really dated. These Timberland beats do not sound dated. Like if this album came out today, it would be fire. So I think it, it has to be like a lot of the right place, right time. Um, and then just as a testament to her, like when I pulled up on her Apple Music, Apple Music does this thing where they have like your essential albums. Uh, that means these are albums that, you know, are just really must listen to's for you. Drake only has one essential album. He has a ton of songs. Missy Elliott has four. Like everything she's put out is considered an essential album. And to me, that has to be a testament to her and her skill set that she can actually touch and make so many hits. Uh, everything she put out was fire, pretty much. I mean, I remember during the times a lot of people kind of messed with her. Uh, to me, she always felt like more of like a Busta Rhymes type of rapper where I didn't necessarily want to go listen to Busta Rhymes or Fat Joe, but you knew they were going to put out hits. And that's what I kind of felt like Missy was. But going back and listening, Missy, not only does she have hits, she has well-produced, uh, well-placed albums. They're really fire. And I wanted to just make one more point. Khalees, I don't know if you guys remember her. She had the battery in her back, too, <laughs> with Kaleidoscope. Go back and listen to Kaleidoscope. It's fire, too. Like it, I know she doesn't get the respect that she deserves, but the it's like all Neptunes, and that album is it's fire. Like Trust me. So when you have those things where you are able to get like the top producer of that time period, it does make it easier to have like just your fire tracks. Like I, I would buy Kaleidoscope for just the instrumentals 
they did the thing on that. So that's just my perspective on Missy, who should be the GOAT female artist, by the way. Well, and I don't even want to do that. I want to, like I said, I want to speak speak about her and just in terms of artists in general. But the kind of tie the Drake thing is, and the cool thing about going back and listening to other uh, older albums is that you learn stuff. So uh, if you listen to Drake So Far Gone, the song Bria's Interlude samples a song on Super Duper Fly called Friendly Skies. So I was like, oh, I know I've heard this somewhere before. It, it's excellent. I love Bria's Interlude on uh, So Far Gone. But yeah, you, you'll be surprised like how many songs are sampled or where people pull stuff from when you go back and run back these older albums. Like essentially there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to sampling. Like there's a Ghostface Killer song that has the exact same beat as Yacht Club. Which is very confusing because, like, it's not even a sample. It's the exact same beat. I'm like, did somebody like email two people? Did he have it in the tuck? Like, I, I'm still trying to figure out how legally they did that, but I mean, it worked out. Shout, shout to Ghostface and Fabulous. And then, actually, you know what? Time this Drake again. If you go back and listen to Ghostface's catalog, which I've listened to probably 60% of it, Ghostface has a lot of Drake in them, which sounds crazy because Ghostface is like the super duper thug. But if you go listen to a lot of his songs, there's a lot of there's a lot of sipping carols and Ghostface's uh, discography. Like you'd be like, all right, he's talking about shooting somebody. Then he's talking about rubbing feet. Like the next track is it's very, very interesting. But at least them being with a gully group, see, it's kind of believable. Yeah, you know, OBP will probably shoot somebody for real. Yeah, yeah, and he like, so. Yeah, so Ghostface's Steve's is like believable. Like when Drake is on that trap rack and stuff, like it's I, it's one hundred percent not believable. It's it's fire, but I know he's lying. Ghostface, I'm like I'm not gonna play with that man's name at the timeline. You know what I'm saying? Like the the homie Max Kellerman, he said something crazy about Ghostface one day, and it it didn't end well. <laughs> Shot the Max, but but yeah, that's uh definitely go check out Missy Elliott, man. I'm I'm on her third album. Of Super Duper Fly is good. There's kind of a little dip in her second album. Uh, the third one kind of picks it back up. I'm almost done with that one. And I will be on her fourth album here soon. So her discography is not super long. Uh, her second album, The Real World, it's got some joints. But the production kind of takes the dip. But it picks back up on the, the third one. So definitely uh, women take that blueprint. Like if a new artist comes out. And see, that's the thing, man. Like do all women beef? Like, L, you're a woman. Do you beef with, like, every woman you know? Like, is there any unity with women? Like, I know you... you know. And the reason I say that is because I, you know why I said that, right? Because you're, <laughs> you're old, uh, your old boss. Like, can't, why can't women just get along? Like, imagine, oh. imagine like... And this is what I would do if, you, if you're out here listening to a Shoot me some percentage money, right? So, for example, with Flo Millie, right? Release her album... Don't list any features, but then have like cameos from all these other big artists, like people that have been retweeting their her songs. So when you go listen to the album, that creates more of a buzz because like I can go look at the playlist and be like, oh, here's a feature from this person, here's a feature from this person. Nah, don't put no features on it and just let it run, let the buzz build that way, and have have them on there big enough, big upping her like the little Kim's and the Busta Rhymes did on Missy Elliott's first album. You know what I'm saying? Because Flamily can spit. And that's why I would like to see her on a track with Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B just so she can get pushed in front of a bigger audience. You know what I'm saying? So she can get that 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 boost and people that actually like rap, rapping, 
We'll be like, all right, well, shit, this this girl, she can rap. She rap is good, if not better than some of the dudes. So that's that's kind of my vision. I feel like a Flo Millie, Megan or Flo Millie, Cardi B song is going to come at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't on Cardi's next album. It only makes sense, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, shout out to... Happen. I don't think, yeah, I think the female rappers are beefing as much as maybe once upon a time. And obviously the one of the bigger beefs was with oh first Nicki Minaj and Little Kim. And that was a big one. And then again with she and Cardi B. But and a lot of that had to deal with she wasn't giving me my respect. And they both were kind of saying the same thing, more or less. Like she wasn't respecting me, she wasn't supporting me. And the other one, well, she wasn't giving me my respect as a person who paved the way, things of that nature. I think so long as they just have respect for one another from jump, there isn't an issue. And I think that was the last of the beef that we've really seen because that got quiet. And since then, we've seen a, a ton of, of other female rappers that are coming up and finally getting their shine and supporting one another along the way. So I think it, I think it would come. I think it would. Come. Yeah, I hope that trend can, continues, but. Actually, while while we're here, since we actually have a female on the podcast, what are your thoughts on WAP? <laughs> What's you sipping on? <laughs> um, I think I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion and and making it bigger than it needs to be. I mean, I thought that I, my favorite was Megan. I thought she absolutely killed it with her mm-hmm. first. And I, I just, I love her flow. I love, I'm like, you know how she was talking about how they just love my voice and blah, blah, blah. They pay to hear our talk and blah, blah. I love that. I love to hear her voice. So there's that. But I, I think a lot of people are just having issues because they're women and oh, now people are getting at Cardi because she's a mom and shouldn't talk that way. And I think those are just standards that people are placing on other people and they shouldn't. Don't place a standard on me. I set my own standards. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I think a lot of people are blowing out of proportion. When Megan tweeted about the flop on my knob or whatever, I thought that was just the perfect response because how many songs do we not hear, especially from Southern male rappers, about ass and tits and splitting on a dick and this, that, and the third. So, so you got these girls coming out and they're t- they're being extremely explicit and suddenly people have an issue. But when men are explicit about women, there's it's okay. Well, Stop. and I was gonna play devil's advocate on Twitter with uh, the Triple Six Mafia and uh, slob my knob because, like, the idea in my head is that. With Slob My Knob, like, that is a euphemism, right? Like, the song wasn't called Suck My Dick. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 then I went to the lyrics. Because I know the lyrics, kind of, but, like, I went to read them. And so, okay. So, if you don't know the the Triple Six Mafia or Three Six Mafia, they have an infamous song called Slob My Nogs from Tear Up the Club Thugs. Uh, Crazy, what the hell? Crazy. This is a wild album title. (laughs) <laughs> crazy and the last crazy, days crazy in the last days yeah okay so and i was like you know what oh you know it's a euphemism it's just a title you know what i'm saying whatever and i'm like let me go read the lyrics real quick and let me make sure i'm not tripping so juicy j's first goes like this mm. and i'm this is a quote you know my prayer warriors this is just a direct quote so don't hold this against me at the prayer meeting right hashtag wholesome all right slob my knob 
like corn in the cob. Check in with me and do your job. Do your job. Mm-hmm. Lay on the bed and give me head. So, so far, it's not that bad. That's not very explicit. That's all euphemisms. Don't have to ask. Don't have to beg. Juicy is my name. Sex is my game. And this is where it gets off the rails. Let's call the boys. Let's run a train. Squeeze on my nuts. Lick on my butt. The natural curly hairs. Please don't touch. Yeah, and then the hook is... I can't even read the hook. But the hook is out of control, too. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, y'all are tripping. Like, this this is a wild-ass song. You know what I'm saying? It... It is what it is. I just think it. I just think part of it is is that like, I guess as as males, and I don't even think the real people care. It's just more like people doing it for retweets for attention. Like all these Republican senators and politicians and bureaucrats are like, oh, this song is so vulgar. They shouldn't be concerned about that. There's good things going on. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like think. Yeah, yeah. Think. Worry about these big ass issues. But they're concerned about a fucking song that came out that they don't want to hear, so don't listen to it. Look, don't listen to it. Don't let your kids I, listen to it. That's your prerogative. I, I guarantee you, all those people grandstanding and and what is it? I can't never think of the word moral something, whatever. Trying to be all holier than thou would not post their undoctored private tab on the timeline. I guarantee you, they wouldn't. Cause that shit is probably filthy. Like post, like hey, Senator Sons, let me see your history on your phone real quick. You know what I'm saying? It's probably got all kinds of whack videos and women twerking and stuff like that. Cause they've been nasty as once. Like you've seen on um, Ozark that that senator, he was all like, "Oh, we can't approve the casino," and lo and behold, this man's got a dildo in his mouth, getting slapped around and stuff like that with a bra. You know what I'm saying? Like relax, relax. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I feel like that she should have probably dropped her album after that, because in my head, I don't under, I don't know how she's gonna top that. Like the amount of tension she has now, I don't know how she's gonna top that, unless she does like a, another super mega mix video. You're talking about Cardi? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know how I feel about her second album, so we don't need to go back into that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, and, and stick on the rap, rap real quick. Um, again, the timeline comes for everybody. Jokes are always going to fly. I know Elle, she was a little apprehensive about this this topic, but it is what it is. This man made his decision, and he has to live with it. So there was a young up-and-coming uh, <laughs> NFL player who used to play for the Seahawks. And it really doesn't matter what his name is. I'm going to find it eventually or when y'all can find it. But, you know, with the whole Rona going on, we have to have precautions as far as, you know, bringing people into your bubble, your safe space to keep people healthy because people are catching this Rona and, you know, getting put out of commission. So this gentleman, well, where is his name real quick? Kaman Siver, Siverand. He attempted to bring a woman <laughs> into camp, into the hotel. And the idea that he thought would work was to dress this woman, this <laughs> undisclosed woman, up in Seahawks gear to try to sneak her into the hotel. And he got caught and he was immediate, immediately cut. Now, to be fair, 
he was an undrafted rookie, so there was a nine out of ten chance he was going to be cut anyways. But we still can get these jokes off. So the the alleged woman that he brought in was probably one of the most basic white women I have ever seen. But 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 she might have been like a nine on the wapometer. Like she might have she might have had that thing. So <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what she really looked like. She might have been dropping that thing on him. So I mean, she might have tweeted, a yeah, that's what I'm saying. She might have been. She might have been thick. All I saw was her face. I don't know. But and and the other thing with that too is like people like getting these jokes off. But like if you look at like a lot of these NFL players, they're usually married to white women anyway. So that that really shouldn't surprise anybody, right? Like they go to these uh, PWIs, and like 99 percent of the women there are white. So they usually end up with white people. So this is not it's not a thing. But uh, but I did tweet out like what was the wildest thing you've done for some WAP, and. Uh, one of the homies on the timeline, you know, he oh, said Lord. that he walked. It's surprisingly not explicit. It's it's crazy because like Twitter wants to be explicit like nine nine times out of a hundred, but when it's time for that real nasty talk, they get quiet because I know they be lying all the time. <laughs> but anywho, the homie King Moses at Aaron Moses NC, he said that he walked ten miles in the snow just to get to the door and watch their parents pull up in the driveway. Right. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> my question is like, what is? <laughs> my question is like, what do you tell them once you like, as y'all are getting there at the same time? Like, I don't know. Going. I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but I mean, I, I hope that he achieved his goal at some point. Because if I walk ten miles in the snow, I don't care who comes. So. <laughs> We're gonna have a conversation at least. Like I'm coming to the house, I'm gonna make a sandwich, I'm gonna watch some television. Like I'm not going back. Exactly. I've done that too, but I don't know the mileage that I walk. So I'm gonna let y'all because y'all know the area. So I walked all the way from Heritage Hills deep, deep, deep into Argyle Forest. Like where everybody stayed, but like past the McDonald's and all that. I don't know about how many miles that is. I, I, I first of all, my mom was working overnight. I snuck out. I was only fourteen, and my homie was like sixteen, and we didn't have no jobs. And we, we we met some girls off the Jacksonville. They had a chat line. <laughs> we, all, we didn't know how these girls were. I, now, this is like a phone line. Yeah, this is a phone line. <laughs> this shit was real nasty. <laughs> I walked all the way over there, and like my girl was so ugly. The weapon. <laughs> like, she had like a big, huge gap, a jerry curl, big, thick glasses. I was exhausted from the amount of miles that we had to walk. I ended up with blisters on my toes. Oh and. My I still did it. I didn't care. I was like, fuck it. I didn't even take a shower. I just hit it and it. wait, you still you still did it though. Man, look, you're not finna walk. That you you know where I'm talking about. You see like walk like up from here to here. So they're all the way to freaking Argyle at two in the morning. Shoot. Or I think it was like twelve. I did what I had to do. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, God bless him. Hopefully, he uh, finished his degree. 
maybe he'll get another chance, but I find it hilarious though, because people are roasting him, but like had like Julio Jones doing the same thing that I'm like, all right, you know, just let us know next time we'll sneak her in your sneaker in for you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it would have been a know. little twenty thousand dollar fine slap it, on it wouldn't even, it, we would have never heard about it. Yeah, and we would have never ne- never never heard of it. He's probably doing that right now. He's probably called his girl over to blow her back out just out of that. Anyways, um uh what do we got? The movies. So I think the movies are trying to the movies are mad thirsty, apparently. Like I saw, I think AMC was trying to finesse people or entice people to come to the movie theaters to cast Rona for like 15 cents. So would anybody here be interested in paying 15 cents to see a movie? Nope. No. Okay, let me rephrase that question. If it was opening night of Avengers Infinity War, would you pay 50 cents? Like, if the Avengers came out during the pandemic, we would have had 500,000 500, deaths right now. Because <laughs> I'm going to go see Thanos, dog. Way worse. I'm, I'm, I'm risking it. I don't care, dog. It's about, the, it's, a, it's about the option, though. Do I have the option of watching it at home? Okay, so I, let's, let's let's go with this. If you had to watch it at home, how much would you pay? Because Mulan was 30 bucks. How much would I pay to watch Endgame? It, at that time, no, not Endgame, Infinity War, because Infinity War is a superior movie. At that yeah. time, if we if we were in the pandemic right now, how much could Disney crack your head for to watch that movie at home? Because Mulan was $30. I paid 60 Okay, wait a minute. Here's the context that you have to put it into. We didn't know how good Infinity War was, so you would pay more to see Endgame because you want to finish it off and you know Infinity Wars was so good. So my belief, even though it wasn't a superior movie, they'd get 60 bucks out of me to see Endgame. I'd pay $100. You had $100? I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if there's a Maybe I think a hundred dollars might be my max, but if they're like, all right, we're going to charge you two hundred dollars, but you can watch it as many times as you want to over the weekend, I'm probably going to pay that. Not going to lie, I I think I might do that over one weekend. That's it. Hey, I get I could get I could get four watches out of that movie in a weekend. Well, I I I finesse though, I'd be like, yo, we can have a a COVID watch party and you know, spread. See, this is what I was talking about with Rev about this on Twitter. She was just like, you know, the the movie companies needs to, they need to, or not the movie companies, but Disney Plus, because people are already paying the subscription for Disney Plus. And then on top of that, you got to pay another $30 for the movie. Then she's saying like, hey, if I have Disney Plus, I shouldn't have to pay the extra $30 to watch a Disney movie, regardless of if it's new or not. That's the whole point of Disney Plus. I agree. Disney Plus is I fucking don't, trash. I don't. I, I agree in a, in in like a utopian world, but in a world where your job is to make money as a business, no, I'm are not letting. Like, I'm not letting. Like, you know how much? Or are you purchasing it for thirty dollars? You're purchasing the movie. You, know, you get to watch it one. It's like an on demand thing. You get to watch it one time for thirty dollars. One time for thirty dollars. Yes. No. Or you can or you can wait three to four months and it's going to be on Disney Plus for free. Or yeah, a fire stick. Can, yeah, you. I mean, you can do that, but I also understand why Disney is like, no, we're not going to put this brand new ass movie on Disney Plus for free. That movie costs money to make. We need to make that money back, and we're not going to get that money back through the theater. Because if that movie was in a theater, say you got me, I'm a family of four, so I'm buying four tickets at on a Saturday at fifteen dollars a pop. 
Maybe I'm getting a popcorn. Maybe my wife is getting a drink. Maybe my kids are getting candy. That's like $50 from just me, as opposed to I can just buy it on Disney Plus for $30. Now me and my whole family, that's four people, can watch it. And then I can invite my brother and his kid and maybe the kid from across the street. So I can have seven or eight people watching this one movie and all the studio is going to get from me is $30. They're losing money by doing it this way anyway. They are. So as a business, I'm not just going to be like, Hey, like, and, and let's not even do it with Mulan because, like, Mulan is is a it's a big deal movie coming out, but it's not. It's not. When we talk, it's, it's not a blockbuster movie, right? So. Yeah, it's, it's not like a Lion King, uh, Avengers, or even yeah. like a Little Mermaid for that matter. It's. I mean, like, if if Black Panther comes out, you think they're just gonna throw it on Disney Plus for free? Hell, are no. you crazy? Hell we're no. The fifty spot for that yeah. if it comes it, out during the pandemic. If for some reason we're still in the pandemic when Black Panther 2 comes out, they're charging. But you know what? This whole pandemic is not my fault as a consumer. Just like it's not your fault as the studio. So I shouldn't have to pay you extra money because we're all stuck inside our fucking houses and I still want to watch the movie. But I, that, I, I, disagree. I disagree. That's not how America rolls. Like If America rolled like that, we would just be all chilling at the house, not having to worry about working. But this country runs on capitalism. So it's all you know, about what, making as much money as you can. What I would do if I were Disney from a business perspective, Disney Plus is what, $6.99? I'm not sure I have it, but it's with like my Hulu package. So it's like $6.99, right? I know it's under 10 Yeah. Just bump the price up to get their movies like $15 a month. You, oh, you get I believe I'm paying $30. Straight to your house. If I'm paying $30 to watch the movie, let me own the movie at that yeah, point. That. watch it one yeah, time. That's what I didn't get with... Uh, Not just watch Trolls, it one time. Because Trolls was $20, I believe. And Marcus, didn't you get Trolls? Or some, somebody I know got Trolls. Yeah. And it was 20 bucks, right? And it was... Was it just a one-time deal? Yep. And I didn't understand that. Like, I'm like, you can at least let me see it for the weekend or let me own it because I can go to Walmart when it comes out. I think it's I think it's different for for other movies like for a movie like Mulan or Trolls or uh, something like that. I I would probably I'd be more inclined to wait because those yeah. movies aren't going to get spoiled. You know what I'm saying? Like Mulan, it's a remake. You know, like Little Mermaid is a remake, so you're not really spoiling anything. But if it comes to like you know. If Doctor Strange 2 comes out and we have to get when we're back in the house, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those movies where you're like, hey, I need to see this or it's going to get spoiled. So yeah. that's the, it's the kind of situation that you're in, that, that we're in. So like, yeah. I, I would prefer if they were like, hey, you can get it for $30 and you can watch it as many times as you want in a 24-hour span. I would prefer that. But, but they're going to put it on sale anyway. What you're paying Eventually. for is how quickly you can watch the movie. They're going to put it on sale for that amount package. anyway, yeah. DVD and everything else, or you can order order it online digitally and purchase it online digitally so you can watch it as many times as you want, probably for the same price, if not cheaper. So that's why, just put it straight out. Just put it straight out for purchase. Make it make sense. Well, if, if these if these nasty people would wear masks and wash their hands, we wouldn't be having this discussion. So real quick before we wrap up, I kind of want to get a little more deep into this. 
but I, I'll just briefly touch on it. Uh, is anybody here interested in a Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot? Oh, I can't wait for that to come out. Y'all are late. Jesus Christ. Y'all are late. That thing came out. Marcus like, oh, is a hell. That's a hell no for Marcus. Uh, it depends. When we say remake, is it like a fresh reboot or is it going to be where somebody described it? Somebody described it as, yeah, they described it as like all American except with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air story, which I've never seen that show either. But all American's pretty good. The football stuff is terrible, but oh my gosh, that cast is so good looking. Especially the last season when they inter- I'm not gonna spoil it, but they introduced you, you, I, character. It, does, it, it doesn't matter because I'm never gonna watch it. Yes. So. No, you should watch it. I'm never gonna no, watch all it. All American's good, bro. I'm not never gonna, gonna watch it. Never gonna watch it. No, not a chance. But it's just, a uh, stuff just is really fake looking, but I'm I'm good. It was it as fake looking as Drake's route running in that music video. Yeah, it's it's probably worse than that. Can't can't do it. <laughs> That shit was. Uh, that shit was. Like, You're not selling it right now, R&B thug. You're not selling Yo, it right now. The, like Drake was definitely the last kid picked in every sport. Like, good thing he's rich because his his son's not going to be an athlete. I could, I could, just from what I saw in that video, like it's it's not going to happen. But um, we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into that. Uh, real quick shout out. Someone shout out to the homie, um, unapologetically black at real V Jones. He has a podcast. Uh, I think it's called the Liquor Talk podcast definitely want to get him on at some point shout out to my my sneaker sister katia james uh ella cool underscore 23 for recognizing the greatness of my display name like i feel like more people should laud me for how great my display name is whap a lot records like only one person got it so i appreciate that and as always i don't know she's the only person that says so i was like yeah good good job you caught on and then the homie Naj, as usual, uh, with his podcast, uh, I forgot the name of it. Self control. Sorry, I was thinking of the old one, but shout out to y'all. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely support the podcast. Yada 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 yada. What's up? I was gonna say just kind of circling back all the way to the beginning. I know where this is turning into a Drake podcast, but uh. His, according to, because uh, I looked it up while we were talking, according to I, R-I-A-A, uh, Thank Me Later went one-time platinum, Take Care went six-times platinum, Nothing Was the Same, four-times platinum, Views, six-times platinum, Scorpion, five-times platinum, and Beyonce doesn't have a single album that went over five-times platinum. Dangerously in love with four times platinum. Like once and, again, and that goes to the standard. He was three times. I am Sasha Fierce was two times. Uh, four went one time platinum. Uh, Self titled went two times platinum, and Lemonade went three times platinum. I didn't. I didn't look up. Uh, uh, the gift. didn't go ten times plat. Hmm. I'm surprised Lemonade didn't go ten times plat. I was surprised when I saw that number. I was like, well, the, the, the thing is, is that. The, the thing with Beyonce is because, again, going through my playlist, like posting the group chat, like there's like not a single Beyonce song that's on my most listened to list anywhere. Like, I just I don't really and listen to her. She has music. a very specific audience, but there she you go. has a very big audience. People yeah, like but, music. Yeah. Yeah, but Drake, but Drake can appeal to, to both sides, right? Like, for example, Genders my wife, especially. Yeah, yeah, my wife, she likes Beyonce. But anything she'll listen to Drake just be like 
I've heard Scorpion more times than I would care to to repeat just because she listens to the album. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to go listen to a Beyonce album that I don't really want to hear. I've listened to Lemonade one time, I think. Maybe one to some change. So he kind of, it's one of those things where like the whole men, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. It's one of those things where like they don't lie, but it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. Because again, people will say like, oh, They'll, they'll use those same stats that Marcus put up and be like, oh, this is why Drake is the GOAT. No, it's it's not it's not how that works. McDonald's outsells every five-star restaurant in the country does not mean McDonald's is great. But And my, my train of thought on that is Beyonce started R&B and then it kind of tried to merge the top, but it really didn't do as good and then went back to R&B. So it's like her her fan base is almost strictly R and B. Like you're probably not going to see too many younger white people or even international people listening to Beyonce as much. People know who she is, and she damn sure is a money maker. But Drake appeals to just about everybody: kids, TikTok, uh, women, men, old, young. Like everybody likes Drake. He can R and B it. He can pop and he can rap. So. Yeah, I mean that's why I would I would make the argument for why uh, Drake is the Michael Jackson of this era, just because of his like his first album went one time platinum, but after that everything is four times and above. Like he's just gonna he's continuing to do numbers, whether people consider his music great or not. And you can make that same case for Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson's uh, off the wall did pretty good but like thriller did crazy numbers and even after that with like bad and invincible and all those other albums those did crazy numbers too regardless of if they were good or not it didn't matter what michael jackson did it was still going to sell it didn't matter what drake does it's still going to sell beyonce on the, on the other hand she's going to get critically acclaimed she's going to get grammy nominations she's going to get awards but like you said i'm not saying she just specifically caters to a particular fan base but her fan base isn't as broad. Yeah, sure. her fan base to me is probably 18 to 35 uh, people of color. And, he, and even uh, with that, that's why she's more comparable to like someone like Prince. Where Prince, he wasn't really big on like the whole numbers. Like he was more about the craft and the art form. Well, now, see, the thing I would make the argument with Prince, of course, when he had the issues with, was it Sony or Warner Brothers? And he had to change his name. I, I remember being alive during that time when he changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince. He wasn't getting a lot of airplay anymore. He still was dropping great albums, but I think that really messed him up. Whereas with you know Beyonce, she's gonna get the play. Uh, it's just her her people are strong, and they're gonna support yeah. her, fight for her tooth and nail. But it's just a smaller demographic of people. It really, it really depends on where you consider like the strength that because like, and this isn't anything about Drake because I think Drake has the same thing. Like Beyonce, she might not go crazy when it comes to like album sales, streams, and getting number one records and uh, songs. But tours, when she goes on tour, mm-hmm. she, those things are sold out. They're world. Even the thing doing like stadium and that's where they get their money that's where most artists get their money yeah but see now the thing is the resale portion is what really takes off because i was talking to somebody about like the benefits of having american express is you get first dibs on those tickets so you might be able to score a ticket 50 60 or 100 bucks 
that's going to resell for three thousand because it's Beyonce. So she's not getting the top top end chunk. Like, hey, I uh, took out a HELOC on my mortgage to get Beyonce tickets. Okay, she's not getting eight to ten thousand dollars. She's still just getting a thousand dollars. But I'm she's sure out, she's selling out stadiums though. Yeah, she's selling out stadiums. Everybody's it's not doing but it's not as big as you know, like eight to ten thousand dollars per ticket that we will see. Well, no one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just on the resale market. <laughs> but anywho, uh, definitely appreciate y'all checking us out. Just one, one last thing, and let me let me look this up real quick because let me be frank with y'all. Some of y'all people are getting my damn nerves with some of this nonsense. <laughs> and while you do that, I will say I need to also take the opportunity to become more well-versed in our women's culture. So listening Ooh. to the albums that women are doing, supporting our women uh, yeah. in any way that I can, because I'm guilty of that. Like I, If a Beyonce CD comes out, if I hear a song, I'll listen to that song, but I do not run her albums. I don't really... I mean, it's like a couple artists Does I this like. include Senator Kamala Harris? Does this include okay. her? I'm not thinking her. about uh, politics at all, but you know, I think we vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris. Shout out to her. Um, so real quick, and <laughs> this is gonna this is probably gonna be received kind of weird, but I RIP to the to the, the young white child Cannon Hinnot, who got who got got shot by his neighbor Darius Sessoms. Cool. RIP. Let's get that out the way. Oh. Now, what I would like to say is specifically white people. It is not, and politicians, I've seen this as well. It's very shameful and distasteful, like the Herman Cain thing, to politicize the death of a kid whose murderer is going directly to prison, right? A lot of people are trying to juxtapose this with the George Floyd situation, and they're trying to quiet down the cause of Black Lives Matter and things surrounding that brand or mantra or whatever. The reason that people were protesting and they're still protesting because the news will not show it unless it is sexy, something's getting burned down, rocks being thrown or whatnot. The reason that is happening is because unlike with the young man I just mentioned who got murdered, his murderer is going to prison for the rest of his life. People had to burn down multiple cities, stores, riot for going on 40, 50, 60, 70 days to get police to consider convicting these people. And they still might not even go to prison. So please save your White Lives Matter hashtags. Nobody never said they didn't. But it's just convenient when we're having issues of Black Lives that now, just like with Blue Lives Matter, now y'all want to show up and be like, hey, what about us? Nobody was stopping you from saying these things before. It's just when happens, the spotlight happens beyond Black people and issues of race and inequality and discrimination, for whatever reason, it makes you extremely uncomfortable to the point where you need to shout to the heavens about other issues. Again, nobody is not concerned about this child being killed. But it's not about him being killed because, again, it happens, unfortunately, but his killer is going to prison. The killers of Breonna Taylor are out on Florida beaches living their best life. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's not the same thing. So please, please use your brains. 
you're not some of y'all are that simple, but it's yeah, they're not gonna use their brains. Yeah, it's very sad that the way the shawl operate and move and how easily manipulated you guys.